You're listening to Budget Travel Hacks. Learn from the travel guru himself, Dustin Fundheller, widely known as the wandering dentist on social media. By the age of 30, Dustin had visited every United Nation, Olympic, FIFA, and Lonely Planet country without ever being sponsored, becoming the most traveled person in the world under 40. And now let him inspire you to go conquer the world. Hear it like you never have before. China, specifically Beijing, China, is what we're going to be talking about today. If you're unaware, China does some things that are a little bit different. Okay, very, very different. Of course, you can pay for a tour guide. You can go with a bunch of other people and have your tour organization take care of everything. But you are not going to get the same experience as if you travel on your own and do things on your own. And so that's why I hope today's episode is really useful for you. So let's give you some examples. None of the apps that you have, well, almost none of them work in China. They don't have Uber. They don't even have ways to pay. Their own money system is completely different. A lot of their money is very digital. And so it can be a very, very difficult country to try to do things on your own. And so that's why we're going to be talking about China and specifically Beijing, China, and how you can take advantage of their unique culture. Because the one thing that makes it neat to visit there is because everything is so done within just that country, it also makes it very unique. And so they have a lot of really unique, awesome culture, but it can be really frustrating if you aren't prepared when you go to China. So listen up to this episode and hopefully you will be quite prepared to have the most amazing experience you can ever have in China. If you're not aware, there has just been a new policy in place that allows Americans now to get a 10-year multi-entry visa, which is awesome. I used to have to get a visa every stinking time I wanted to go to China, and not that I'm obsessed with going to China, but I was living in Singapore, so it had direct flights, it had budget airlines to China, and it was really easy to get there. And sometimes it just was my hub because China has a lot of flights. Sometimes I had to fly to China going to the U.S. It was cheaper or going anywhere. It is really nice that now Americans can get a 10-year multi-entry visa. Really makes things nice. And with that visa, you might want to go a few times. And so let's talk about the good and the bad of China. Let's start with the bad. The bad about China is it's a closed system. It's kind of hard to be a part of China because they have different things that you would need to set up. And sometimes you have to be a citizen or a permanent resident to be able to set up these systems. So let's go through it. Just their apps. For example, they don't have Uber, they don't have Google Maps, they don't have WhatsApp, they don't have Facebook or YouTube, Instagram. So like what they have is Didi. Didi is their Uber. And so you definitely, definitely want to download Didi. And we'll be talking about that in a little bit. WeChat is their way to chat with different people. Alipay is really important because that's the only way I was able to pay people because, oh, we'll talk about the other things. WeChat has a form of payment online, but you need a Chinese bank account to do that. And you're probably not going to have a Chinese bank account. You can't even drive in China without a Chinese driver's license, which might not sound like a big deal because you're probably not going to drive in China. But the reason it's kind of a big deal is because it just shows how closed the system of China is. With an international driver's license, you can basically drive in like 200 countries, basically every country in the world, except 
China. <laughs> it's like the only country not on the list as far, I mean, there's probably a few other ones, but it's the only one I can remember that I had to pay special money and take a driver's test for. I think there's one or two other countries, say in like the Caribbean, but they just do it as a way to make money. Basically, it's a tax. And so they, to drive, you have to pay for a driver's license, but you don't have to take any tests or anything. Whereas in China, you actually have to go get an eye test. You have to do a few other things. I think they even a little bit of like a physical or an exam and before you can drive in China. And it's not expensive. So it's not like a tax for them to make money like they do in the Caribbean. It's just shows you a closed system. But then again, they do allow you to do it if you put in some effort. And let's just quickly talk about driving in China. So if you do want to drive in China, there's probably a few places, but the main famous place to, to get your license to become a Chinese driver's license is in the Beijing airport. You can get a temporary driver's license for three months in the Beijing airport, but you got to make sure you have a photo of yourself, two photos. And the nice thing is, like, like I said, with the exam, the eye exam and the other things that they'll make you do, they have all that stuff in the airport. If you want to be able to drive in China, you can do that. But I recommend, like I'm someone that loves to drive everywhere in the world and loves to have my own car, but there's really only two countries in the world where you really don't need to drive. And one is in China and the other one is in Japan. And that's because the trains go absolutely everywhere in both countries. You can get everywhere with great public transportation in the two countries. And with China, it's just so much more affordable to take the trains and so much more relaxing. You don't have to drive because in China, they have tolls everywhere. And those tolls start adding up be a significant amount of money, plus paying for the car rental, plus paying for gas. And in China, they have speed cameras everywhere. Like I was as careful as I think it could be. But you, how do you watch the speedometer 24-7? And I think I got one speeding ticket, but that obviously added up. It wasn't a ton of money. And they even told me afterwards, they're like, oh, you only got one speeding ticket, not so bad. Just, I mean, obviously you, you all probably understand not to drive in China. I did it and I also did the trains and I, the trains was just so much easier. There was a time, oh, another time I was driving in China, the fog was so bad that they closed the highway. So where I was going, where my hotel was, I couldn't even get to. And then to add to it, another bad thing about China is that the hotels you have to register for. So if you're going to Beijing, it's not a big deal because in Beijing, they have so many tourists that basically every hotel allows foreigners to stay in them. But I was doing a road trip and going through small cities. And again, I was going to a major city that would clearly have a hotel I could stay in. The roads were closed and now I was stuck in a stupid small city. And this small city would not allow any foreigners to stay in any of their hotels. So I had to sleep in my car, which is kind of frustrating. Plus it was during the winter. So it was really cold, not a great situation. So if I haven't convinced you by now, Make sure to just take the trains if you're going to leave Beijing. But again, we're really supposed to be talking about Beijing in, in this episode. The other thing that I think is really interesting is China just in a lot of ways has copied the apps that are in America and just done the same thing, but for China. So for instance, Didi was basically a copy of Uber. It's almost the same thing. They have several others. Even they don't have Tinder in China, but they have the exact same app. It's the exact same functions called Tantan. They even have, I just thought it was hilarious that they even have a dating app that they, you know, co copied exactly like it is in America and the rest of the world. And the, the one side note about Tantan, which is the, the dating app in China, is that they thought my photos were fake. 
Like, no matter what I did and how many photos I did, like, I literally had to try to find, you know, take an ugly selfie or whatever to, to finally get it verified. Because when I did my actual photos, they didn't think that was really me. They thought it was a fake account, which was crazy. I, I'll take that as a compliment that they thought my photos were fake. So that was all the bad news about China, how the apps don't really work, how you have to have your own apps, how driving can be really difficult. But let's talk about the good news about China. Number one good news is China is very affordable if you want to travel on a budget. Number two is Beijing, the capital, has some of the most famous sites in the world. And number three is China has great public transportation. And not only that, but the taxis are also not too bad. They're not expensive. And so you can take a taxi. Like going to Europe, you basically learn never take a taxi. But in China, you can because they're not that bad. They're pretty reasonable. If you're traveling, say, with two or three people, it many times will be cheaper to take a taxi than it would be to take public transportation. But here's the problem with taking a taxi, like in Beijing, is say you're at some site and you want to go visit a different site. Good luck because no taxi driver speaks English. So you got to make sure you've downloaded a translator or at least have written down your next destination. So when you get in the taxi, you can show them. You're only probably going to be able to pay and with cash because again, most people pull, pay with their apps. China's really advanced that way. They, most Chinese don't even carry wallets. Again, that's attached to your Chinese bank account, which you're not going to have. So you need to carry a lot of cash in China because Unlike other places where credit cards are used everywhere, China doesn't really use credit cards because everything's attached to their bank account. Another app, if you ever are going to drive or just want to see the roads and how to get there, maybe you're in a taxi and you want to make sure the taxi's not ripping you off, it's called Badoo Maps, and it's basically Google Maps. Only problem is nothing is in English. And so the one thing to know, though, is it's pretty self-explanatory. And what I did when I was driving and rented a car is I would find where I want to go and find the Chinese name. So I'd translate it into Chinese, then copy and paste it into the app and then go there. And then, you know, and then you could figure out everything and it would see how far it was, how long it takes and everything like that. Just know if you do want a Google's Maps, they do have Badoo Maps, but it's completely in Chinese. Now, the other map that isn't so bad is Didi. So that again is Uber. But that their Uber has an English, has, has the destinations and things also put in English. Even if you're just trying to see where you are on a map, because Google Maps really doesn't work very well at all in China, go on Didi and don't book a taxi, but just use their mapping service to see where you are. I found that very, very helpful when I was traveling around China. If you're going to Beijing, China, you probably already know some of the most famous sites like the Forbidden City, the Great Wall, the Summer Palace, the Temple of Heaven, Tiananmen Square. These are sites that almost everybody sees, obviously, and you can just search it. The sites that you want to make sure to do that you might not realize is like number one is an acrobatic show. The one thing that Chinese are super talented at is acrobatics. It's unbelievable. The stuff that they do. If you've ever watched like America's Got Talent, we don't even like compare it to the stuff that the Chinese can do when it comes to acrobatic things. Absolutely unbelievable. And tickets are cheap because they're all the time performing. And so I would definitely, definitely recommend to go to an acrobatic show. Also, let's just talk about getting from the airport to, to downtown. So first of all, when you get to the airport, there's obviously going to be places you can exchange money, which aren't that bad of a rate. 
Uh, you can buy a SIM card at the airport, and then you can just take taxi directly from your airport to your hotel where you're going. Or you could also take the Airport Express, which is actually super fast and way cheaper. So I would kind of recommend that. Don't forget about the bullet train. China, which we mentioned earlier in the episode, has amazing public transportation. I can't believe how far the trains go. And these trains go like 300 miles an hour. And the thing that's really nice with bullet trains, unlike an airport where you have to go like two hours ahead of time or an hour and a half and you have to check in, you have to do this and that. When I would travel around China, now again, we're supposed to be on Beijing, but this is a little bit outside of it because you can take day trips to places because of the bullet train. If I had multiple train tickets, I would book them all online on trip.com. It did cost an extra $3 to do it, but it was in English. And to me, it was so worthwhile just booking them ahead of time before, you know, sell out. And then you just go to the ticket window, you show your reservation, they don't have to speak English, you just show your reservation, they give you a ticket. There'll be trips to China where I was gonna take six to eight train rides because I'd be there for two to three weeks and going to a different city each day. First time I'd go a little bit early, I'd go like, you know, say 45 minutes before the train because the lines can be sometimes a little bit long and I'd get all my train tickets, all say all 10 train tickets or however many times I'm taking a train and then I'd have them. And then every other time, I literally only had to show up say like 20 minutes before the train left. And not that I really needed 20 minutes, I had 20 minutes just in case something would happen in traffic or whatever, because it would literally take me three minutes from the time I entered the train station to get to where the train is that I'm gonna get on. It's just super convenient because, and lots of times the train stations are somewhat near downtown. So unlike the airport, which can be really far away, the train stations can be really close, but you do wanna be careful with train stations because sometimes cities have more than one and you definitely don't wanna to go to the wrong train station. So just be careful to read exactly where the train station is. Again, if you're taking a taxi to the train station, it's easy, just show the ticket because there's different names on the ticket and the taxi driver will know which train station that is. One thing to be careful with is the tea shops, especially if you are a male in China. Hope they've gotten rid of this by now, but Let's talk about a story that happened. And this is several years ago when I had an ex-girlfriend that we were going to China together with. I mean, this just shows you how oblivious I was. So I was in Tiananmen Square walking around and some Chinese lady, just girl, whatever you want to call it, about my age, 20, 23, 24, starts talking to me. And I just thought, you know, I'm a foreigner. She wants to make a friend or whatever. Maybe she is attracted to me. I did my thing and she just kept following me around. And, and at First, it was kind of nice. I'm like, oh, she can take photos of me in front of all these sites. And then I remember telling her, hey, I'm kind of hungry. Do you know anywhere to eat? And she took me to, and, and I remember we walked to this place and I kept saying, well, why don't we stop here? Why don't we stop here? And she goes, oh, I know this really good place, which again, I didn't think was a big deal. And so all of a sudden she took me to this tea house, which, you know, kind of seemed like it might be a little pricey. At the beginning, I was like, well, I just want some food. And then they gave me the menu and the food on the menu was only was about like $8, which again, $8 in China is quite expensive. But I was like, okay, I don't care. I'm super hungry. Let me just get some food. And so I got some food and there was some tea and, and different things. And she had me try the tea and, and some snacks. Then I got my bill and my bill, you're not even going to believe it. My bill was like $350, yeah, with $8 food, because the tea I guess we had was 150 bucks. The snacks that we had, each was like 50 to $60, and I think I had a beer, which was some, I guess, was supposed to be like $50, $50. and you just add it all up, it ended up being $350. 
And at the time, I had no idea. Like, I was afraid of the Chinese government. I thought that, you know, if I didn't pay the bill, I could go to jail or something. And so I remember paying $350 for that. And it's just because it was one of those things that, like, you couldn't avoid in the fact that, like, I had no idea going into this. So, again, you definitely want to watch out for tea shops or any female being overly friendly. Just like a used car salesman, that's what they do in China. And I hope by now they've gotten rid of it because that, just, that just makes the country just seem so unprofessional. Also be careful drinking the water. You Even the locals don't drink the Chinese water. So make sure all the water you eat is boiled water. And the food is amazing, but I would always recommend to make sure, you know, you don't eat anything that you can't peel, you know, because if they're just going to wash it, you don't know how great the water is. Those would be my two big suggestions about food, but definitely anything cooked, go for it. I mean, maybe you, you have a sensitive stomach. I love Chinese food. It was so amazing. And I'm so glad that I didn't, I wasn't paranoid. And, you know, I actually enjoyed and, and ate the food because that was one of the best things about being in China. A few other good tips about China is make sure you have plenty of cash. Now, most of the ATMs will work because you're probably, especially if you're staying in Beijing, just make sure you have cash because as mentioned before, a lot of China does online payments, so they don't always do credit cards, and their online payments require a Chinese bank account might be kind of screwed. Okay, so this was one of the big problems is Didi, I couldn't pay, my Didi is again the Uber of China, and I couldn't pay anything on Didi. It was really, really, really frustrating because they only allowed Chinese ways to pay. Now, sometimes foreign credit cards can work on it, but mine didn't and I tried a different one and my I tried and it was really weird I tried Singapore I tried the US credit cards none of them worked but what I found worked this is why I downloaded Alipay was that I could give someone say a hundred yen which is Chinese money and then they would give me they would transfer into my Alipay a hundred yen and I could use Alipay as a way to pay for Didi so again, that might be a little bit confusing, but just know Alipay is like a bank system. So it's attached to most people's bank accounts. And of course you don't have a Chinese bank account, but what it is is you can give the money to somebody else so they have the cash and then they can just transfer that money from their bank account into your account. So now you just basically, it's like an, it's like a digital wallet. You have cash, which you can then use to book your, your taxis, which aren't very expensive. So again, if you can just put one or 200 uh, yen in it and just find some nice Chinese person to do it or someone at the hotel or anything like that, then you're good to go. Also, don't forget that in China, you're not expected to tip. Please don't tip because what happens is if you're a foreigner and you tip, then you start teaching all the locals that foreigners they can get tips from and they stop treating foreigners like they treat locals. They start treating foreigners differently. So please try not to tip because it makes it worse for all the other foreigners. But you do want to bargain because that's what Chinese do. So if you go to a market and the prices are not what you like, most places you can bargain. And also don't forget tissues. All right, if you're going to go to China, make sure you pack some tissues because not all the toilets have tissue. Now, if you're going to nice places, they always do. But maybe you're walking down the streets and all of a sudden you have to go and there's no nice toilets around. There's only the public ones. And you're definitely going to want some tissue to make your toilet experience not be so miserable if you don't have tissues. 
Another thing that I have found is if I go to a restaurant, I just look around and see what everybody else is eating because some lots of times the menus in Chinese, especially if I was by myself and I had no one to translate. And if I saw something that I looked like I like, I would just show the waiter and point to that person's meal. You know, Chinese do that to Chinese. So if Chinese can do that to Chinese, a foreigner can kind of do that to Chinese for sure. And even though in America it would be, seem extremely rude and like, what are you doing looking up at my plate? Chinese are the exact opposite. Chinese find that as a way, like that's exciting. That makes you, if somebody else is eating a food and you're pointing at that food, it means like, hey, look at their, their food choice was so amazing. Their food is so good. The restaurant loves it because it makes the restaurant look like the food is good. And even the Chinese person will probably like gives you a thumbs up because they'll be like, yeah, my meal's awesome. And they can't speak, you know, obviously in English. So don't feel that it's rude to go look at other people's food and kind of look over their shoulder. Again, if Chinese go to a different culture and they do it, a lot of times Americans, or I was in Singapore, Singaporeans all the time complained about it, and they thought it was something that was really rude. But I love that about China, that it's so social that even strangers, you can make a conversation just by looking at what their food is. Also, don't forget that young people love to practice their English, and a lot of them do know basic English. They're learning it in school. So if you do need help, just look for anyone that looks like they're in high school or college and they'll probably be able to speak English or at least broken English. And what I always found is just go to a big group. If you see a bunch of kids that look like they're college age kids, go to them because chances are one or two people in the group could probably speak English pretty fluently. Lastly, don't forget a VPN. You're going to go to China, even though Uber and Google Maps doesn't work, Google Translate, there's just so Gmail, WhatsApp, it's just so many items that it would be really nice to be able to still get those items while you're in China. Maybe people are contacting you back home or whatever. So definitely make sure you download a VPN before you get to China because you can't always download them when you're in China. And so that was a lot about Beijing, but kind of China in general. And I really hope you enjoyed the episode to learn a little bit more about how you should travel around China and make sure to take advantage of it because China is an amazing, amazing place and you can always go there and spend extra money or waste time trying to find a taxi or taking the fancy taxis. But if you can use the local apps like Didi or eat the local food, you can really travel extremely affordable in China. Follow the Wandering Dentist himself at Wandering underscore Dentist at Instagram or Wandering Dentist on Facebook. If you have questions or ideas for future shows, reach out on social media. Add them on Facebook. Check them on Facebook. Please let your family and friends know as word of mouth is the best way to let others save money. A five-star review is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, safe travels.